Welcome to another episode of B-School, a living case study in aligned action. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, speaker, facilitator, and founder of Inner Workout. B-School is a personal development podcast for collective change. So join me in becoming a student of yourself and the world around you. Let's get studying. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of B-School. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention the big reset again. So this is a virtual summit put on by The Financial Diet. I'm going to be part of a panel that is talking about mindful spending, and there are so many other experts who will be part of that day, and there are recordings that are accessible afterwards. So tickets are $29, but if you use the code TaylorElise, you can get $10 off. The link is in the show notes. On to today's topic. I have been preparing for this for a while. I've known that I wanted to talk about paradox specifically as I would start to prepare podcast episodes and kind of feel like they were in contradiction with other things that I had said or other thoughts that I have. And it just became so clear that paradox is important in every part of our lives. And then there's also nuance. And so I'd been sitting on it. I would start mapping out an episode and realize, huh, that kind of fits in this paradox category. And so what we're actually going to do is for the next few weeks, we're going to do a series on different types of paradoxes, paradoxi, paradoxes. Someone can fact check me on that. But we're going to talk about different types of paradoxes and how we might experience them and how we might engage with them. But Today, I want to lay the foundation by diving into how we approach paradox and nuance in our own lives, especially in this season, especially if you're in the States. We just have so much going on. And as I was writing the notes for this episode, the first thing that I wrote is that we are living in history right now. If Matt and I have kids, they're going to wonder what we did during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020 and how we approached voting for this election and what we were doing. And we'll have so many stories to tell them. And I often have to remind myself that this situation, this year, this context is not normal. And I know everything we're saying right now is like, everything is unprecedented everything, but it is. like This is not a situation that we've been in before. And examples that just popped into my mind is like watching a presidential debate that turns into a shouting match. That's not a normal thing. And we've seen, even in my relatively short lifetime, we've seen politics start to get more divisive and less of this. We disagree ideologically, but we'll still go for a beer after in the Congress. But seeing it on live TV was just like, oh yeah, this is this is not how our country normally operates. The fact that over 200,000 Americans have died in a matter of months 
from a disease that we're still learning a lot about, but we also understand to some extent how to control the spread. And we've seen other countries do it really well. That's not normal. I'm really thankful in that I have not personally lost anyone from COVID, but I have friends who have, and it's crazy that you thought that you would have this summer and you would get to go to weddings and you get to do all these different things. And maybe you'd see your family at the holidays and they're just not there anymore from something that we didn't even know existed a few months ago. That That's not a normal situation to be in. I think about the fact that we now have this technology that can speed up the spread of conspiracy theories that plays on the way that our brain works to keep us engaged and to polarize us further. That is not normal in the sense that we've never had a tool like that before. And we see now how it impacts not just our own elections, but how it has impacted elections globally. And it's still like, yeah, we have to sit here and acknowledge that it's not normal. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, I really encourage you to spend the 90 minutes or however long it is to watch it. I, I learned a lot. And I think, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I, I try to combat some of the propensity, I guess, of the algorithm to only show me what it knows that I like by making sure that on Facebook, even though I don't use it to engage with people a lot, I mostly use it for, well, I guess I don't use it to engage personally a lot. I mostly use it for being in Facebook groups and things like that. But there are people that I went to high school with or parents of people that I know who are Trump supporters. And instead of unfriending them, I just try and make sure that, hey, every once in a while, I might even go to their profile just so I can see what they're saying, so I can understand. Unless it gets really egregious, then for my own mental health, I might have to be like, okay, I'm out. But I am curious about what the other side thinks and how they're approaching situations. So all of that to say, we're really not in a normal situation. We're seeing a lot of polarization. And I know that for me personally, when I feel like everything is out of control, it's really easy for me to revert back into black and white thinking. This is the right way to go about it. This is the wrong way to go about it. These people know what they're talking about. These people don't know what they're talking about. It is either this or that. And it's interesting when I see that bubbling up in me because a lot of my inner work over the past five years really has led me into embracing more of the gray. I grew up in an evangelical non-denominational church and I went to a private school that really aligned with Calvinism. And if you identify or have identified as a Christian, that makes sense to you. If you don't, it's a pretty, I'd say a pretty conservative, pretty literal take of Christianity. And I've had to do my own work on engaging with it and what faith looks like to me outside of the context of Christianity. And so it's been really interesting to see that as the world seems like it's getting more polarized, I find myself getting more polarized and having to, wanting to have something really 
clear and tangible to hold on to when the reality is that there are these shades of gray. And my brain and your brain are being trained not to see the shades of gray. The algorithms are encouraging us to only see right or wrong, only see black or white. And yeah, it's just our world is so complex that I think that's doing us a disservice. And I will pause here and say that it's not to say that there's never situations where there are absolutes. That was a really convoluted way of saying it. It's not to say that absolutes don't exist. Like there are clear lines in the sand that I have, but I also find that the more I engage with topics, the more I see that there are layers beyond the headline. And I actually want to pause and talk about that before we get into paradox and nuance is that it's going to require you to look past the headlines. If you really want to sit with paradox, if you really want to have nuanced conversations about things, you got to actually click in and read the article and maybe not read a publication if all they do is post clickbait and all they do is post sensationalized stuff. Maybe that's not the outlet that's serving you anymore. I also think that you have to have a willingness to change your mind based on new information. This is something that I found really interesting in how we talk about coronavirus and even how certain groups, often more right-leaning groups, will be like, well, Dr. Fauci said that masks don't do anything, so we don't have to use masks. But he's a doctor and he's used to dealing with science. So when he got new information, then he changed his mind based on that new information. And I think we have to be okay with changing our minds. We have to be okay with the fact that as we sit with the paradox and as we navigate the nuances of different topics, that we might have to change our mind. And that doesn't mean that you are somehow less than. It doesn't mean that you're flighty. It just means that you got information. I go back to this Maya Angelou quote that when you know better, you do better. You do the best that you can with what you know. And then when you know better, you do better. And I know I framed some of this conversation based on what's going on politically in our country, but this really shows up in every aspect of our lives. Yes, it will change probably how you engage with the news and how you engage with the election, but it also will probably change how you engage with your coworkers, change how you approach a project, change how you build a strategy. So what is paradox, actually? I think of paradox as the ability to sit with the fact that two or more things that seem like they might even be at odds, can be true at the same time. So two things can be true, essentially. Pulling a definition from the dictionary is that paradox is a situation, person, or thing that combines contradictory features or qualities. I like this one because it says a situation, a person, or a thing, because we're all walking paradoxes, aren't we? Like, I know I have things where I will espouse one thing or want to live into something. Even as, actually, 
without getting all in that realm, simple things like potatoes. I like potatoes as french fries and sometimes as potato chips, but I don't like them as mashed potatoes or baked potatoes. And it's the same potato, just cooked different ways with different toppings on it. But I'm very particular about how I can do it. And so it's like, well, I don't like potatoes, but I do like potatoes. That's a little bit of a paradox of potatoes right there. Another situation that comes up, especially in the work that I do, is the paradox of self-care and self-discipline. So if you're aware of any of the work that I do around self-care, I talk about self-care as listening within and responding in the most loving way possible, which provides a lot of room to flow and to change your mind and to adjust based on your new information that you're gathering. The question that I'll often get when I am leading any type of self-care session or workshop is, okay, but what if I'm listening and it's only leading me to a place of treating myself or I'm listening, but I'm not doing what's actually I'm doing something that feels good right now, but maybe is not going to feel good in the long term. And the question ends up being like, where is the intersection of self-care and self-discipline and where do they part ways? Because self-discipline is like you show up and you said that you wanted this, right? And so you go after it. Come hell or high water, you are going to go run that five miles three times a week. Or you are going to sit there and write 10,000 words, whatever it is. It's this, this kind of grit, this willpower versus the way that I, an inner workout frame self-care as being kind of flowy, something that's able to change. And the fact is that you need both. I think it would be hard for any of us to build the type of lives that we want without a certain measure of self-discipline. I also believe that if we are not actively integrating self-care into our lives, we're going to have a lower quality of life that's going to make it hard to enjoy any of the things that you might achieve through self-discipline. And so it's not like self-care is right and self-discipline is wrong. It's this conversation. It's sitting with yourself to realize, okay, where do I need a little bit more self-discipline right now? Where do I need a little bit more self-care right now? Where do they overlap? And then starting to explore that for yourself on an ongoing basis. So that's what it can look like to sit with paradox and to understand, okay, I need both. There are places where I need to be disciplined. There are ways for me to integrate care into all of my life. How? How do I do that? What does that look like for me? And as you begin to sit with your own paradox, you can explore those answers for yourself, knowing that you're going to be continually getting new information. And so you might have to shift. This might be your answer for this month. And then next month, there's new information. There's new context and you have to change it again. So paradox is something that I hope you'll be able to embrace and not see it as wrong and not feel forced to choose an either or, but instead to say, okay, this is an opportunity to have a conversation and see what I need right now. So that's paradox. And that was a more personal example. The second piece 
is a nuance. So I love the dictionary definition for this. It's not often that the dictionary definition is just like chef's kiss. This is great. But the dictionary says a subtle difference in or a shade of meaning, expression, or sound. So it's that shades of gray, the nuance. It's often really subtle differences, the little pieces. It's what invites you to go deeper. So if paradox is like, okay, two things can be true, the nuance is often the answers to those questions that you might sit with yourself or sit with others and ask. So the paradox is the framework. The nuance is like, okay, what are the actual tiny distinctions here? And so the example that came to mind actually was about abortion. And it's interesting because, again, I grew up in the church, pretty conservative upbringing. And so I always just thought abortion is bad and you vote in a way that will end abortion because abortion is killing children and that's wrong. And what's interesting is, so that was the the framework that I was taught is that you vote for people and for people who can appoint people who will make abortion as I'm trying to think of what word I'm looking for, to make abortion obsolete, essentially. That's how I was raised. Now, what's really interesting is that there's data, and I'll link to this in the show notes, that shows that if your goal, your end goal, is to actually make the abortion rate as low as possible, that actually happens under Democratic presidents more than Republican presidents, even though in our mind, it's like Republican, pro-life, which is a whole other discussion about what it means to be pro-life, and then Democrat, pro-choice, which we equate to more abortion access and often more abortions, right? But you see that the drops happen when there are Democrats in office, which is interesting. That's There's some nuance there. And so my take on it is that Democrats tend to enact policies that look at the whole person and change their context. So you might not feel like you need an abortion if you feel like you can pay your bills and you feel like you have health care covered and you feel like you are headed in a direction of growth in your life versus if you don't feel like there are opportunities if you feel like you're kind of hand to mouth in how you're approaching your life. And so that's a really interesting nuance to me in the conversation. And the headlines are, this person is pro-life, this person is pro-choice, only defined by their stance on abortion, not necessarily looking at the factors that go into an abortion and how You might create policies or programs that, again, support the whole person. And so my goal, my hope is that I want to be a part of more nuanced conversations. And so instead of seeing it is this way or that way, understanding what factors are at play. And I think if more of us can start to do that, if more of us are willing to say, you know what? I really believe in this value, 
but there might be multiple ways that we can achieve this. I think the conversations will have a lot more depth and I think there will be an ability to be, as I'm saying this, I'm like, is this just a pipe dream? But I would love for there to be an ability to speak more across ideologies, to speak more across the aisle, so to speak, because people are willing to sit with the nuance. And honestly, I think that it's going to take a lot for that to happen. I think that tech companies are probably going to have to have some type of reckoning. I think that people will have to change their approaches to consuming things and to speaking about things. It would be a lot of work, but I also think we're seeing that the road that we're headed down, which has no space in it for paradox, that is unconcerned with nuance and is really just trying to get that soundbite out, is really just trying to get you to click so that they can pay for ads. This isn't serving any of us. And so I really invite you to start to notice the paradoxes in your own life. Start to notice the paradoxes in the things that are happening outside, in the news, in your community, in the election. And also begin to ask questions that lead and leave room for nuance. Yeah, I'm doing this. It's it's not easy, but I think it, it's worthwhile to do this. We have to be able to have a society that can have dialogue. Yeah. So like I mentioned, we are going to talk more about paradox in the coming weeks. And this one is framed a lot more for this specific moment being a month out from an election. But the coming episodes will be a little bit more about life and about business. But yeah, this was on my heart to share. And I hope that I made you think a little bit. It's definitely been making me think. So thank you so much for listening. And I will be back in your earbuds next week. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.